Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Warmer from the low, welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for Ghost Ghost Hoops with myself, Craig Hoops Spears, and now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Got a great podcast for you. It's a little bit of a shorter one, so we're going to be able to keep it to two segments. In the first segment, I'm going to be talking with Blake Lovely. He does a great job with Blue Ribbon Yearbook. He also does a nice job when it comes to the Southeastern 14, taking a look at all things out there in the SEC. And he is a man that is just dialed into everything college basketball. You've seen him on the Clutch Point Sports app. I know that he's done some work for Heat Check CBB in the past. This goes on and on. We're going to be talking with him in the first segment about what we wound up seeing at Vanderbilt with Keontae Kennedy looking like he was going to transfer there, but you wound up seeing him wind up not getting admitted, and now he's going to be at Memphis, and just a lot of these guys in general, like Keontae Kennedy, that they wind up moving around in the transfer portal late. If that is going to be a sign of perhaps a few more transfers to come as well, what it means to be able to have that chemistry, and a few teams that under the radar, he feels, have done a great job during this offseason. Then, in the final segment, going to give you guys a little bit of a recap as to all the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball. Monday wasn't a whole bunch of them, so that is why we're keeping it to two segments today, and if you ever do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind the letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five-star review. Do not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, so let's dive into it with Blake Lovell, and to be able to follow him on Twitter, that is at his name, the Blake Lovell. Last name is spelled L-O-V-E-L-L. And Blake, great to have you aboard today. Thank you. Yeah, I always enjoy it, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on. And Blake, it is great to be able to take a look at college basketball this time of year. And we are getting towards the end of what we've seen in terms of the transfer portal. Madness, all these guys moving around. But something did wind up catching my eye because you're a man that is out there in the lovely city of Nashville, Tennessee. And as we know, Vanderbilt is out there. And they wound up losing out on one of their big-time transfers, Keontae Kennedy. He wound up deciding to go to Vanderbilt at first. And then there were some, it looked like issues with him being able to get into the school slash a little bit of a change of heart as well. Now he's going to wind up going to Memphis, so staying within the state, but going to a different school. What wound up happening with this? And could we see a little bit more of it with regards to some of these guys that want to making decisions in the transfer portal? Yeah, it's always interesting because like you said, you know, it's like we sometimes assume when some of these guys make these moves that that's it. But I mean, it's not the first time we've kind of seen a situation like that play out. And again, I don't know the exact specifics 
on kind of how it played out. You mentioned sort of the school aspect. I would say, Greg, if that is it, as we know, that would not be the first time that's happened to a player that tried to play at Vanderbilt before because, um, you know, that can certainly be, I think sometimes, you know, just kind of, we talked about sort of the transfer situation and all that. Like that was one of the reasons, you know, for many years that Vanderbilt, even when players were leaving to go somewhere else, that was something you just, I mean, you know, Greg, you used to, to be a national and sort of just the restrictions and sort of the the issues sometimes you can run into just based on the academic part of Vanderbilt and all of the rules and place and everything. And, you know, we've talked about it before with like mid-season transfers and stuff into Vanderbilt. It's sort of just impossible to do. I'm not exactly sure what the scenario was there, but obviously, you know, he would have been a nice addition to a, a Vanderbilt team, as we know, that's going to lose, you know, someone in the backcourt like Scotty Pippen Jr. And it's really going to be searching, I think, for some answers heading into next season. They've got a really good roster overall, but as we always say, it's kind of in comparison to what's around you, and the SEC is going to be fantastic. They could have used someone like Kennedy, but obviously, you know, it's Memphis's game, because I think, you know, he's someone that just kind of looking at, at how he plays and, and really studying him once I thought he was going to be at Vanderbilt, I think he fit in pretty well with kind of how Penny Hardaway wants to play in their style there at Memphis. Yep, and Vanderbilt, I felt like even before they wound up losing Keontae Kennedy, I thought that they were going to be in for a little bit of a rough year. Now I really think that they're going to be in for a rough year. He's joining me on the podcast. It is Blake Lovell. He does a great job. Take a look at everything over there at Blue Ribbon Yearbook. He's getting set for the upcoming season, much like myself. And I do think that it is interesting to take a look at some of these guys that did wind up making their decisions late in the transfer portal, just because I do think that some of these guys, they're going to be a little bit behind because with Memphis, they brought in two guys very late in terms of the portal, Keontae Kennedy, and then you're able to throw in their Emmanuel Acop from Boise State. And I think that those guys are going to be fine. But with that said, how much do you wind up taking a look at some of these guys, even like a Pete Nance, who he decided in June that he is going to be going to North Carolina that no doubt is a big upgrade for North Carolina, but you've got to have the feeling that some of these guys are going to need to really get down the system a little bit quicker. And that is something that was an issue for a lot of these guys, like a Marcus Carr, like a even Remy Martin last season, in which towards the beginning part of the season, you can tell that they weren't necessarily in rhythm with their team. And it took them until the back half of the season to really be able to fire on all cylinders for their team that they wanted transferring to. Yeah, I mean, I think any coach would tell you that more is better in the offseason, especially when you have a guy coming in and just getting him acclimated. More time is always better, which, which again, Greg, we know this just kind of looking at the past, you know, couple seasons and really how things were in the offseason and knowing sort of the limitations that were in place for some of those seasons. And that was always the one thing you heard was we need that time together. We need that time together on the court specifically because you know, you have to have guys kind of learn how you want to play and really learn the ins and outs of the system. And like you said, that's something where if you're there in April versus almost in July, that's a big gap there. And I think that is something where maybe it takes you a little bit longer to grasp that. And I think, again, it just goes back to the more you can have that on-court time, you know, with a new group. And that's why I think, you know, again, we never know with transfers. It's always, I say, even the best transfers. You never know for sure until you see the chemistry it comes together with these guys. But even when you look at like some of these guys that they got there back in April and you think about maybe all the reps that they've gotten in since that point, you're just playing catch up now. And, and I think that's where you look at these guys who do transfer late. Some guys will just come in and, and they'll be perfectly fine. It'll be like, you know, they were there the entire time and it doesn't matter. But other guys, as you mentioned, there are some other guys that were maybe more of an adjustment period and take a little bit longer than you would think, no matter how successful they were in the previous stops. It's a different, you know, scenario everywhere. I think it just depends on the player and kind of the group around him. But 
uh, it is something you think about, especially when you start to kind of survey what these teams are going to look like, especially, you know, maybe once you get start practice in October to November, how do things look then versus, as we know, as the season progresses, once you get into February or March. And I'm not sure your thoughts on this, but I would say that it would be a little bit more difficult for a guard to wind up getting down a new system rather than a yeah. forward. Like I take a look at Pete Nance, for instance, and I think that he would have a little bit of an easier time of it than taking a look at someone from last year, Mason Faulkner, who wound up going to Louisville. He was a guy that was expected to have the ball in his hands quite a bit. And that entire Louisville situation just wound up blowing up in their face. And, that is indicative because Chris Mack is no longer there as a coach and said they've now got Kenny Payne, the pain train that is in there. So that clearly shows you that things are not wind up working out with that. But do you think that there is a little bit of something to it being a little bit harder for a guard to be able to get down a system as a transfer rather than a forward and perhaps forwards being able to acclimate a little bit more if they do wind up making this decision later on in the process? Yeah, I think there's something to it for sure. Cause I mean, it's just a matter of having the ball in your hands more, I think is, is kind of that scenario with, with a lot of guards. You know, we could certainly, I know everyone you know understands this, but especially for any point guard, I think for sure, because again, you are kind of in control of the offense on the court and you're in control of a lot of things out there and maybe just being in a position to where, you know, if you're a forward or a center, sure, you're going to play a big role if you're a talented player in the team's offense and how they're going to play for 40 minutes. But everything's not necessarily starting with you, right? And that's where with the guards, usually, you know, unless you've got a center bring the ball up the court, which we've seen uh, before, there have been some talented players that do that. But for the most part, your guard's going to be the person that sort of starts everything, you know, on the offensive end of the floor. So, yeah, I think for sure that there's definitely something to do that. And, and again, that's where if you can get that hands-on time in the offseason and be able to have it, especially as a guard, uh, I think that can be invaluable knowing that, you know, whether you're a point guard, whether you're a shooting guard, whatever, a lot of things are going to run through you maybe before you get to the to the forwards or the centers of being a big part of the offense. Yep, I do think that taking a look at this is going to be very key, especially when it comes to non-conference late out there in college basketball is joining me on the podcast. It is Blake Lovell. And as you wind up taking a look at some of these rosters, are there maybe a few teams that you take a look at the way that they have brought in guys in the transfer portal and you think that the fit is either a little bit better or a little bit worse than what it might wind up playing out to be? Because we know that a lot of these guys, they've got a lot of tape on them. We're able to take a look at the numbers and things like this. But are there a couple of teams slash players with regards to the transfer portal and you take a look and you think, man, this is a really good fit that is going under the radar or vice versa. You just don't think that it's necessarily going to be working out. Yeah, I mean, we know. I mean, there's so many out there you could pick from. 1,700 guys in the transfer portal this offseason. (laughs) I tell you, Greg, I think one of the ones that I'm most intrigued by, and it's probably because I think for a lot of people, there'll be a preseason top five team. And obviously, you know, for me having an SEC slant at times, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see. You know, how someone like Trevon Brazil comes from Missouri to Arkansas, and and I think, you know, if if you watch Missouri play last season, obviously they have a new head coach, Dennis Gates. You know, I'm saying this just so I can get a a plug for my guy Dennis Gates here, but it's one where Brazil was kind of seen as last year at Missouri, one of those sort of underrated players in the SEC, and I think you could just see the upside uh, with this guy loaded with potential. Now he moves to, you know, play for Mr. Transfer and Eric Musselman, and I think he's someone that, you know, that's a stacked roster already. Like I said, I think they're probably a preseason top five team. But he's someone, I think, that could really play a big role in that team. And I'm curious to see kind of what that adjustment period, you know, looks like for him. And I think that's one that you definitely look at, um, you know, I'm just kind of studying them this offseason and understanding that they are probably going to be one of the better teams in the country. So I think how he makes that adjustment 
kind of going, you know, from that position to see how things play out there. I think that's one that I would probably circle. There are a lot more that I think are, you know, I mean, this is a guy we talked about a while back too, Greg, and, and I, I will go back to the SEC for this one because I think this is another team that's very intriguing on a national level, and that's Florida. And I think it's looking at someone like Will Richard going from Belmont, playing Casey Alexander style, now going to play for Todd Golden at Florida, which as we know, those are two guys that I at least think are very sort of forward thinkers in terms of playing offense and kind of understanding those kind of things. I think that'll be a great fit for him going and playing from a system in Belmont to where we know, I mean, that was a team that, that shot a lot of threes and just kind of the way they played. I think Florida will play a pretty entertaining style of basketball. So that's another one that I, I find kind of fascinating. But like you said, where there's just so many out there. I mean, look at the entire group, right? Like in Georgetown, I think that's a team too, that <laughs> there's a lot of guys coming in there. And, and how does that kind of transform Georgetown's team going into next season? They've got a couple of SEC guys we know, pick up some guys elsewhere. So I think that's another team that I find kind of intriguing just because of how many new guys they brought in. Yep, I totally agree with you. And you even take a look at Dennis Gates, who you mentioned that he is going over from Cleveland State to Missouri, and he brings with him a lot of guys from Cleveland State as well. And I take a look at a lot of these coaches that they did wind up going to new stops, like we wound up seeing it with the pipeline of Murray State to LSU. That is another one that is out there in the SEC. And I'm very curious to see how this winds up working because you've got not only players, but a coach wind up going up from being a mid-major, I don't know if I would consider Cleveland State a power, but the last few years, they certainly were able to do a tremendous job. Murray State, in my opinion, has been a mid-major power last few years over there in the Ohio Valley Conference. But watching them wind up taking that step up, I'm very curious to see how this winds up working because we have seen a lot of coaches wind up getting promoted in recent years and being able to have immediate success, but we haven't seen as many of these coaches bring along as many players as Dennis Gates has from Cleveland State, and also with Mr. McMahon from Murray State over to LSU. And I think that this is going to be a very interesting case study season for it. Yeah, and we've seen that trend. It's out of necessity that these guys, you know, would go out and they're like, okay, I have to fill the roster. I mean, we, we used LSU as an example, you know, months ago. We said this is literally a team that does not have a roster. Like, they have no one there. So you understand that coaches are going to approach it and say, all right, well, I need to go out and get guys that I'm familiar with to at least have sort of that foundation. You mentioned it, it is always interesting to kind of look at that and see how does that sort of, you know, transfer from, from going to a Murray State, going to an LSU. I don't think that's going to be as big of a job, you know, as some of these other situations, because as you mentioned, Murray State's been so good and we've seen them compete you know, nationally with, with good teams. And, and I think that's something that's kind of the difference there. Um, but other places, I think that's always one that maybe you do see a coach maybe move up somewhere else. And it is kind of a scenario where can those guys come in? I mean, you went, Gates has got some of those guys too. Drago Million, you know, he comes over from Cleveland State. You know, Demoy Hodge, you and I have talked about Demoy Hodge a lot, Greg. The past couple of years, the guy's putting up 40-something points, 30-something points in the Horizon League. Can you make that jump from a Cleveland State to a Missouri where you're playing in a power conference? And there's so many other examples out there. It's not just those guys. But I think that is something where you just coaches want, you know, you want the familiarity, especially if you're in a new spot, you're having to fill a roster and do it as quickly as possible. That's the name of the game in this era. And it's just can that transfer? Doesn't always, but if you can hit on some of those guys, that's even better. Yep. I do think that just with it being so many guys with Cleveland State, that pipeline over to Missouri, along with what else you wind up doing, because typically you'll find like one or two guys wind up transferring over. Typically you don't find three plus. That is what I'm going to be very interested to find because if LSU and Missouri wind up having success this season, 
you best believe that we're going to see a lot of that moving forward. And what we're also going to be seeing a lot moving forward is previews from you, Blake, because I know that you're <laughs> very hard at work over there at Blue Ribbon Yearbook. I know that you take a couple conferences every single year, and I'm sure that we're going to be previewing the Rise of the League within the next few weeks. I know that you joined me for the Atlantic Sun. You do a tremendous job when it comes to being able to take a look at the SEC and so much more. So let the good people at home know how they're able to follow you on social media and just how they're able to get all of your work in general. Yeah, I always appreciate it, Greg. Like you said, the guys are hard at work on the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, the 41st edition, which is crazy to think about. It's how long this thing's been running and just all the great work over the years and just all the details you can find. We always say it. So many kind of tidbits you get from coaches talking to them at this point in the summer. Um, there's just a lot of great stuff. So you can check that out, blueribbonyearbook.com. As always, that'll kind of be up. Uh, you can go ahead and get your pre-orders in very soon, actually, and it'll be out sometime in September. Usually, it's kind of the range we shoot for on that. Everything else, you can follow me on Twitter at the Blake Level. And Blake, just a wealth of information when it comes to college basketball. Follows this 12 months out of the year. He is hard at work taking a look at all these teams, interviewing coaches, diving into all these rosters to get set for the upcoming season. His efforts are always appreciated, and he always delivers the goods on this podcast did so once again today. So a big thanks to Blake for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soup Style, part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Monday. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp and over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much, so hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said, therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my <laughs> We're back here in Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Eats with myself, Greg Eats, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. 
it is always a pleasure to get Mr. Blake Lovell on the show. He does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at everything for Southeastern 14 along with the Marching to Madness podcast. He also does the Lockdown SEC podcast, Southeastern 14. List goes on and on. The guy does like 57 jobs and he does them all so well. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a recap as to all the notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Monday. Didn't wind up seeing a ton, but Utah was very prevalent in them as they wound up losing a guy and they wound up getting one as you wound up seeing Garrett Lesvik. He was playing at Tarleton State. He has decided that he is going to be going to Utah. Someone who is a native of El Paso did not wind up putting up really any numbers whatsoever while he was at Utah. Wound up giving the team a half a point and a half a rebound per contest. This is someone that, according to 24-7 Sports, just was not necessarily too highly touted of a prospect. A little bit of a six foot six combo player, but he is going to be moving over to UTEP. And then with UTEP, another guy that wound up being, we're going to call it what it is, not necessarily a big part of what they were doing. Bonnie Mudding, he was a six foot ten gentleman that wound up giving the team right around two and a half points per game last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist, as we know, they are dealing with quite a bit as their leading score from last season actually wound up passing away very tragically about a week or so ago in Darius Lee. So they're going to have to really rebuild as he was going to be pretty much the main cog of that team with Maring. Not a guy that was, according to 24-7 Sports, too much of a highly touted guy, not someone that was really going to be a difference maker, but at six foot ten out there in the Southland Conference, should be able to do some good work down low. So that'll help things out. And then we did wind up seeing a trio of guys decide to either enter into the transfer portal or go down to the non-D1 level. Tracy Evans, he last season was playing at UMKC. He decided that he's going to be going to Seattle Pacific and was able to give the team right around three and a half points for contest, limited to just four games last season due to both a little bit of injury and just the fact that he just could not wind up finding his footing with the team in general. These are very easy for your handicap. All you need to note is that Mr. Evans, he was at UMKC last season. If you were expecting him to have a breakout season, well, you don't need to speculate anymore as he is no longer at the D1 level. Cross him off your list of guys that you need to evaluate and move on. And then an all-AC and then an all-freshman performer from the America East, Sam Iink Wob. Aba, hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. He wound up putting up six points per game last season at Maine. A guy that really didn't shoot it well from three-point range, but was able to see quite a few minutes in his freshman season. He decided that he is going to be going to Western Texas College. Once again, all you need to note is that he's no longer at the D1 level. A little bit surprising that he decided to go down to the non-D1 level. Actually, a halfway decent freshman season was really getting some minutes towards back half of the season, so he is no longer in the fold for Maine. And then Emery Lehner, he was at Davidson last season, and Davidson Got a little bit of a passing of the torch as Bob McKillop, immediately after the Golden State Warriors wound up winning the finals, he decided that he was going to be stepping down and it is going to be his son who is going to be digging over the program at Davidson and he figured there might be a little bit of fallout and Emery Lehner, a guy that wound up putting up right around one and a half rebounds per game, was not necessarily a critical part of the program. He has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. So that's what we wound up seeing on Monday. Things are getting a little bit more thin with regards to college basketball news and notes. So I've started out my conference previews. We're through four thus far. Going to be looking to do the Big Sky later on this week. Hopefully I can get the Colonial done within the next week and a half as well. I'm going through the low and mid-majors, and then we're going to be going to the power conferences towards the back half of the offseason. And if you do like hearing from the Sign Podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one or two ways we all further this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at June and under 
Discord. He won't keep in mind letters EM. Naming does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you're in this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Big thanks to Blake Lovell over there at Blue Ribbon Yearbook, along with Southeastern 14 for joining me in the last segment. Hopefully, you guys are all doing well, and hopefully, you guys are enjoying what you're hearing as I'll be coming at you guys every single day in the offseason news and notes of college basketball and conference previews. And then once we get in season picks and analysis on every single game every single day, so I'll chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can be all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you and you're able to learn more over at BetterHelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com.